What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here for another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap with our boy Matt O'Dell, who is on another side of this planet. Matt, how are we? Where are we? How you feeling? What is up, freaks? I am here in Barcelona reporting in on this gloomy, what is it today? Thursday, this gloomy Thursday. It's actually pretty beautiful here back in Brooklyn. Um, beautiful day. Well, it's gloomy in terms of price. Everyone is down in the Oh, place. oh, oh. Matthew, Matthew, don't let price dictate your mood. The king oh, of sac- I, I, stacking sats is letting price get to him? Speaking oh, no, of I, price, the current price is $7,581.63, according to the TFTC.io ticker. Lower than it was this morning. The current block height is 604803 uh, and the current hash rate is 87.71 exahash per second, which is a bit lower than it was last week. I think it was above 100 when we met last week. What is it at now? 87 uh, exahash per second. Is that is that minor carp- capitulation, Marty? They have capitulated. All the miners are leaving. It's it, folks. Pack it up. Pack your bags. Sell your sats. We're going home. It's over. It's done. I, I think I think Mark Dow told us uh, Bitcoin is dead today. You told us yeah. again. <sighs> it was fun. Did you have fun? Was it worth it? What Bitcoin or Spain? Bitcoin. Like, I was think it both, worth it? Now that it's dead, what are you going to tell your family? <laughs> going into Thanksgiving and Bitcoin's dead? Oh God, this is terrible. Both have been very much worth it. I both love Spain. It's actually a fantastic country. I can't believe it took me this long to come here. And, um, you know, Bitcoin will continue to truck on. But if for some reason it it just all the miners decided to capitulate, which is absolute bullshit, um, it would all be worth it. Absolutely. Without a fucking doubt. Yeah. No, I, I concur. Uh, I think the minor capitulation meme is bullshit. Uh, and I also love Spain. The Spanish lifestyle is the way to live life. Uh, people are happy there. The the siesta, the smoking cigarettes in the square as you read, have a little espresso, chocolate croissant. I could get used to that. Eating fatty meats all day. God, they're doing it right over there in Spain. Yeah, I gave up my siesta today for you freaks, so just keep that in mind. Well, we're going to make it worth it for you, Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt, that doesn't sound good. I don't know why I went there. No, we got um, we got Uncle Marty. We got Uncle Marty, and we just have Matt. Matt just he's he's yeah. just some relative that no one knows his actual connection. <laughs> Matty Bent, remember I adopted you a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, all right, before we jump into it, let's get this out of the way. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by the Cash App. As you know, Cash App is the simplest way to send and save money, and now it's the simplest way to grow your money. Introducing Cash App investing. Unlike investing tools that only let you buy entire shares of stock, we're, uh, what are we doing? We're uh, stacking slivers of shares now. Excuse me. Yes. Cash App lets you instantly invest. I can't believe I forget that every week. As little or as much as you want. This was, uh, this way, when your favorite company's stock is just a little too expensive, you can still uh, own a little piece with as little as $1. You can stack stacks, stack stats. You can stack sats on the Cash App now, and now you can stack stonks as well. 
And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there are no four to five day waiting periods for inbound transfers. So you can start investing today. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. And as always, uh, we're here to spite that dirty man, Al. So when you sign up and you use the code StackingSats, one word, you're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our friends at Owls Lacrosse, a charity very near and dear to our heart, Owls Lacrosse. When you use the code StackingSats, they're going to get $10. Ho, ho, ho. Download the Cash App from the App Store or the Google Play Store today. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Casa. How confident are you in your key security? What keeps you up at night with your personal OPSEC? Are you up there shivering? Uh like thinking about the the hardware wallet in your sock drawer, Casa is here to help you. They've drummed up one of the smartest and secure ways to hodl your Bitcoin. No KYC, no altcoins, no percentage, percentage, no percentage fees on your Bitcoin. No one's standing between you and your keys. Uh, so use the promo code TFTC to get up to two hundred fifty dollars off uh, potential Casa membership, or hit up their team directly at membership at team Casa for a free demo. Put them through the test with your hardest offset questions. Uh, they will help you develop a plan, especially if you're in the diamond or platinum membership. Uh, that's going to net you 24-7 VIP service. They're going to have a dedicated client advisor and custom onboarding and OPSEC plan. And any all members uh, will get a full set of hardware wallets for your multi-sig setups, plus Casa, Casa's node, uh, Faraday bags, and early access to all Casa products. So email them at membership at team.casa, ask them questions, or go to keys.casa slash keymaster. Check out their multi-sig. And we love multi-sig. And Unchained Capital is also there to help you with your collaborative custody. Our friends that just dropped Caravan uh, last week, the the open source um, desktop app that allows you to coordinate your multi-sig uh, setup. Uh, I'm actually going to get a demo of that tomorrow. So Unchained is also there to help you guys with your multi-sig. The solution makes, their solution makes accessing and administering multi-sig easy for individuals and businesses alike. Um, friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin, so they can also help you on the loan side. If you don't want to sell your Bitcoin uh, and you want to get access to cash in a tax-beneficial way, you can use um, Unchained Capital's loan services to use your Bitcoin as collateral for a U.S. dollar loan. Uh and hodl your Bitcoin. You don't have to sell your Bitcoin. On top of that, as we mentioned with Caravan, they're working on dope open source projects uh, like Caravan, Slip39, Hermit, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Go to unchained-capital.com. That's unchained-capital.com. Check out what they're doing. Love all them. What up, Matt? So I actually... um, I, I, I can't make the demo tomorrow of Caravan... So I actually got a private demo from uh, Phil over at Unchained. I think his last name is Geiger. I might have just fucking butchered his name, but he's fucking yeah, dope. Phil Geiger. Phil Geiger. Um, he he gave me a personal demo two days ago. Um, I haven't been able to play with it myself because I am I am traveling. Um, but the demo was it's it's an absolute game changer. I mean, this is the start of what we've been talking about. It it not only allows you to to do that multi sig. Um, on your own without them, which is key because the collaborative custody is a super useful feature. They act as a co-signer for you, but but the key there is that they do know your balances. They do know your addresses. Um, with, with this caravan, you can do the whole multi-sig setup on your own with your own hardware wallets in an easy-to-use app, and this is what we want, right? This is 
we we had we had both treasure and cold card vulnerabilities this week or the last week and a half um multi-sig really does fix a lot of these issues um so for people to be able to easily use multi-sig will be a fucking game changer and and unchained is leading the way here uh and i i'm very excited for the the future apps we see as well yeah yeah it's um slowly but surely yeah like we were saying before we hopped on uh, the mics today, it's been a relatively slow news week. We said that last week, too. Um, last week, we said it was low-key, one of the most bullish weeks in Bitcoin, uh, despite the uh, lack of interest from the mainstream. And I think this week continues that trend. Um, and yet, I, even though the price is a little bit depressed right now, people are freaking out. Like I, Again, like you just think long-term, expand your uh, time horizon, and look at the fundamentals of what's being built out. And I think it's... Uh, pretty insane what's being built uh, particularly in the last six to eight months i just think it's hilarious that every time the bitcoin price falls a little bit everyone freaks the fuck out um this is what always happens um especially when marty says it's low-key one of the most bullish weeks we've had of the year of course (laughs) the price is going to drop um i've learned to try and not say that um but yeah i i well I wasn't trying to make a price, and again, I was talking about fundamentals. I'm not talking about. I'm not looking at a TA chart and saying like buy Bitcoin because the price is going up. I'm saying bullish from a fundamental, long term perspective. That hey, these are these are the type of developments that you want to see happening around this project if it is to be successful in the long term. No, absolutely, absolutely. But whenever you're bullish on fundamentals, Bitcoin reminds you that it's a volatile fucking beast and it will drop on you. Uh, but long term, price should go up with adoption. And this is why we always say stay humble and stack sets, right? You should be thinking long term. Uh, and, and you shouldn't, the, this whole idea that every time it drops, we have to find a reason for why it drops is the most ridiculous concept ever. Like you're just wasting your time. Uh, you're driving yourself crazy. You're pulling your hair out of your head. D- don't do that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Focus on the, uh, focus on the tech, as they say. Price development is important to it. Liquidity is very important, but um, it's uh, a lot of people underscore the tech, I would say, or the developments around the protocol. Um, speaking of uh, thinking long term, we do have a shout out this week, and it is uh, in the in the spirit of thinking long term. Fellow freaks, is anyone maintaining a tangible copy of the Bitcoin blockchain and source code? We need paper copies to bootstrap the network following a solo flare, cyber war, zero day, AI attack, large reorg, and other miscellaneous FUD. Blocks should be printed as they are published. Data can be stored in plain text or QR codes. Shout out to Taj Jaya for the uh, QR code idea. Love at Bitcoin underscore lobby. All right, yeah, we should get some physical, uh, physical copies of the blockchain. Are you are you actually running a full node if you're not printing out your blocks? I'm not even sure. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, are we are? Yeah, step it up, freaks. But in all honesty, like if I don't know if if we have if people around the world, everyone's full node all gets wiped at the same time from some like insane EMP situation or solar flare. Like, I think we're going to have a lot bigger issues on our hand than, you know, where where the blockchain stands. Yeah, but uh, it would also be good to have that just in case, you know, we get our shit together eventually. It's like, all right, what do we fall back on? Hey, I printed, I didn't print out all this paper for nothing. Like, we could revert to this. 
this blockchain stayed at this block height, you know, maybe. I don't know. Well, I can say that Wishful I do thinking. have a backup. I do have a backup of my notes hard drive uh, in my parents' basement in one of those you know emp resistant bags so maybe that will maybe that will hold off for us do your part freaks hide copies of the bitcoin blockchain just stash them like a, a squirrel would stash nuts you never know when we're going to need to uh to reboot strap the network only you can prevent bitcoin from going away we got um not that much i mean not that much to talk about this week. We'll start out with BTC Pay, uh, the vault that they announced, and the BTC Pay configurator, which seems pretty dope. Uh, I believe Calcus is that I say his name? Kukus. Kooks. I call him Kooks. 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 Mr. Kooks. He's working. K U K K S. Mr. Kooks is working on a BTC Pay, BTC Pay configurator, which is basically allows you to set up a BTC Pay. Uh, instance with one line of code remotely uh, and BTC paid has no access to it. So you have full control with the remote machine that you can provide the SSH connectivity details to so that you can configure automatically. They're very good with their, uh, with their copy here. Um, well, it's so. basically, it's basically like a, a guided. It's setup. a one line. You can do it. Yeah. It's a, it's a one line setup basically. But you can do it locally as well. Um, it's it's both local or remote. It it starts you off in like this nice graphical un- user interface where you're able to decide um, how you proceed. I also just want to do like a little disclosure to the freaks. Uh, I'm I'm having some trouble with my internet here, so so we are using I'm using cell internet to get to you. So uh, it's just okay. Pardon, you're recording locally. Yeah, but pardon us talking over each other a little bit. We. We we are doing this remote just to get get it to you because it is important. I think we're doing a good job so far. Um, the the other one is BTC Pay Vault, which is looks really badass. It's how to interact with your hardware wallet using your own full note. Um, this is also why Caravan is important because Caravan. Just to go back to the earlier uh, comments about Unchanged Caravan. It does. It, it defaults to Blockstream.info's node, which is great because Blockstream.info uh, supposedly isn't logging, and I I do believe that Blockstream isn't logging your your transactions, so that is 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 a good node to fall back on. But it also has like a little toggle that allows you to easily pick your own full node without like a server it, or anything like that, which is fucking awesome. Um, so th- this is what BTC Pay Vault does as well. It uses your BTC Pay node. Um, to interact with your hardware wallets. Um, it supports all the major hardware wallets. And it's it's currently in testing phase right now. So don't use it with a large amount of funds. Um, but definitely help test test it out. Yeah. The uh, BTC Pay team, uh, putting the team on their back again. It seems like that, that project is just growing. Expon- I mean, we talk about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but we also have... Uh, something else uh, that came out uh, or became apparent this week, uh, five more corporate, or excuse me, now there are five corporate sponsors in total. Um, Luna Node and Wallet of Satoshi joined uh, Square and uh, DLG, uh, or excuse me, Digital Garage, uh, and one other company. I 
can't remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah, who's the fifth company? Let me find it real quick. We should we should definitely know the fifth company. Um, just something to keep in mind is that BTC Pay Vault uh, that we just talked about is um, oh Async A C I N Q is the fifth sponsor. Um, the BTC Pay Vault we just spoke about uh, is Windows only right now. Um, they are working to get it supported on both Linux and Mac as well. Uh, the the BTC Pay in general, we've said this multiple times on this podcast. We've said it on Twitter. Um, I am extremely bullish on BTC Pay. I think it is one of the most important open source projects we have outside of Bitcoin. Uh, it's it's absolute game changer, and they just keep fucking hustling. That that team over there is is amazing. Yeah, and don't forget we are uh, raising money for BTC Pay via our hat sales. Twenty five percent of the Stay Humble BTC Pay hats uh, that you can find in our merch store. Sure, our merch store um, will be going to BTC Pay server. Um, we we are not at the size where we can be a corporate sponsor yet. We hope to one day be on that page, but uh, for now, we'll just have to use uh, some proceeds from hat sales to to donate and contribute to a project that we love so much. So, if you haven't bought a hat yet and you want to check it out, uh, go to tftc.io/merch. Funny story, my hat is currently sitting in the lobby of my building back home. Uh, and it, cause it, I tried to get it before I came to Spain so I could wrap it while I was here. So if someone does steal it, I at least have solace in the fact that they will have to rep BTC pay and the podcast if they do take it. So I got that going for me. Yeah. And you're gonna have to buy another and we'll donate more money to BTC pay. It's a win, win, win all around, you know, there you go. Um, yeah. Again, slow news week, but some cool stuff has come out. Uh, Coinmetrics and BitMEX Research launched a site in conjunction with each other, txstats.com, uh, txstats.com. Um, it's basically uh, the uh, next iteration of p2sh.com, which was a which was a great uh, resource for um, Bitcoin information. Uh, it's a site designed similar to uh, Jameson Lop, Lops's uh, data site that he provides from his node. But you can basically go to txstats.com and check out a bunch of different stats. It's just good information. Beck 32 SegWit info, uh, addresses. Right now, the percentage of Beck 32 addresses is like 1.867%, pretty low. It's all time high. It was around 2.08%. So it's pretty low. But you get to see it on this site. Um, you can see a bunch of other stuff as well, like uh, who's batching, uh, block statistics, block size, um, per block fee estimation. Just seems like a pretty uh, great one-stop shop to to get a bunch of data. Beck32, just for the freaks out there who don't know what that is, that's the BC1 addresses. That's the native SegWit addresses. That's the lowest fee. Uh, you'll you'll have um, the other important thing about that is it is the address that the address type that both uh, Samurai Whirlpool and Wasabi are using. So the the more people that use it, the better because otherwise, you know, the the it further hurts the anonymity set of our of our mixing services uh, if people aren't using Beck thirty two addresses. So so consider switching over to 
to full native SegWit. Um, it'll both save you fees and help out your fellow Bitcoiners in terms of hiding in the crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to try out back 32. And that's actually, we were talking about blockstream.info um, earlier. That's one of my favorite things of about their Explorer in particular is that uh, they sort of shame you for not using back 32 when you, when you go to check a transaction, it's like you could have saved a bunch of money if you used to be one address. Um, yeah. It's major savings. It's like 30% or something like that. So consider yeah. it. And you need um, to, you need to be using those back 32 addresses before fees go up. Cause if fees go up, um, it's it's where it's not only the address you send it to it's where the address you know where the where the transaction derives from where it comes from so it's important to have your um your funds in in bc1 addresses ahead of time no and this is actually a great segue into uh, a topic we're going to get to later but might as well touch on now that we're talking about this is it looks like binance did a huge utxo consolidation uh last weekend uh, I believe a couple of Bitcoiners, uh, Sergey Kotlier from BitRefill in particular, pointed out that the mempool swelled up by 90 megabytes uh, about Friday of last week, around Friday of last week, uh, at a very uh, low Satoshi per byte fee. So it looked like somebody was attempting to consolidate a bunch of UTXOs, and he did a little further digging and found that it was yes and it seems to be uh, Binance consolidating a bunch of dust UTXOs that were created from their Tether wallet. So apparently uh, the way Tether works, you create a dust output of 546 Satoshis, I believe, um, per transaction. So Binance being a huge exchange and Tether being one of the go-to uh, stable coins for these exchanges. Obviously, they're going to have a lot of those dust outputs. And uh, we saw... Uh, a couple years ago with Coinbase, they didn't control their dust and it got to a point where fees were high and they couldn't spend like $2 million worth of Bitcoin because they were it was dust. So it seems like Binance is being proactive here noticing this and they consolidated successfully um, millions of UTXOs over the weekend. And <clears throat> I dug into some of the transactions, not all of them, and the ones that I saw looked like they were consolidating into batches of 70,000 sats um, at a 1.8 uh, Satoshi per byte fee, um, and it went through. Yeah, so two things here. Um, dust is when the, the, the fee, the amount of, of the Bitcoin transaction fee you have to pay to send them is higher than the, the actual balance of the individual UTXOs. Um, so, so as Marty said, like two years ago, we got into a situation where Coinbase had a bunch of transactions. They had a bunch of UTXOs that they hadn't combined. Um, and, and if they were to send them at that point during the fee crisis, they would be basically unspendable because they would have to pay more in fees than the actual UTXO was worth. Um, so we've come a long way in the last two years. As you can see, is a BT, uh, Binance was actually proactive about it and they they wanted to get it done with ahead of time just in case fees rose um, and that's exactly what we want to see the other thing to note here is that a lot of people were especially bitcoin cashers were fudding bitcoin about having this huge transaction spike uh in in everyone's mempool uh the key here is that they were paying this is exactly why the fee market exists right because they were paying this super low fee 
So if you paid two sats per byte or higher, you just jumped ahead of them in in the queue. If any, if all, all the smart miners are are organizing their transactions that they include per block uh, based on the transaction fee you're paying. So even though there was this 90 megabyte um, surplus of transactions that all of a sudden hit everyone's mempools, uh, it doesn't actually slow you down if you're willing to pay a fee slightly larger than it because you just jump them in line. And that's exactly how it worked yeah. out. And the Bitcoin network just churned right through it because they did it on a weekend when uh, transactions were low. Yeah. Yeah. Binance basically set a low bid for block space and miners took that bid over the weekend when, like Matt just said, there weren't as many transactions as there would have been during the week. <clears throat> and I wrote about this in the bent on Monday, I believe, or Tuesday, potentially. I think Tuesday, actually. Um, and yeah, again, like everybody wants this stuff out of the box. And it's hilarious that people are shitting on Bitcoin, <clears throat> excuse me, and saying it's a failed experiment when we're so early, like the entrenched stakeholders in the space, mainly the exchanges are still getting their operational side down pat. Like they're still getting their shit together. They don't even have best practices when it comes to UTXO consolidation and being as efficient as possible on the blockchain, like figured out, like they're still trying to figure that out. So we're still extremely early in this game. And I also said, like, it, it doesn't make me worry about the long-term fee market developing at all either when you see a Binance taking action like this over the weekend, and then you think about the other exchanges implementing similar practices, and then you see a cascading effect where you just have internal systems where it's if and if uh, we have X amount of hot wallets accumulate this much sats and the uh, current uh, fee market in Bitcoin as such, then we're going to execute some transactions to consolidate and you just have automatic demand for block space being automated almost. I mean, it's funny because my first thought, you know, after having PTSD from the great Bitcoin civil war of 2017 was, I thought this was all spam, right? Like you just see a bunch of low fee yeah. transactions hit the memory, a, lot of, people a thought, bunch of FUD. All at a lot the of same people were saying spam attack. Yeah. But uh, this was actually like best case scenario. Like this was the exact opposite. This was like proper UTXO management. This is exactly what we want to see, um, especially from the leading shitcoin exchange of the world. Uh, is like that's that's fantastic. They get it. They understand. You know, I give Binance tons of shit. Everyone knows. I give a lot of lot of lot of shit to to Binance. Um, but they actually knew what they were doing here, and it's it's really fucking awesome to see. Another thing to note is. That Binance is, uh, it it appears that that most of these exchanges are moving to ERC twenty, the Ethereum version of Tether, instead of the Bitcoin version of Tether. So these dust, this this dust situation with with Tether usage should de decrease. Instead, they're going to spam the Ethereum chain um, or the Tron chain, which is because Justin Tron, uh, uh, Justin Sun. Uh, of Tron, there was just recently was part of the purchase of Poloniex um, from Circle. So there, it seems they're going to use Tron uh, Tether, and everyone else is probably going to be using the ERC20 Ethereum Tether. Uh, so we shouldn't have this issue of it spamming the Bitcoin chain as as much going forward, um, which is fantastic. Like that's that's a great use of shitcoins. So that dust, well, yeah, but that demand for the fee market will come from other places, right? It's not like we need this 
this we don't need this tether dust to create uh, demand for fees. It is just uh, a use case that does create demand for fees, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, tether is a it's it's a security token uh, that's that's not actually being used. Uh, that is not actually complying with security regulation, but it is a security token, and it's you know it's got this third party uh, trust issue, which is that you know you have to actually trust that Tether has money in the vault. So at the end of the day, you're trusting Tether regardless. So it doesn't really need the the security assurances of the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, it could just as easily use either of these shit coins, or it could use a federated chain like Liquid. Um, which we're also seeing movement towards that um, because Liquid also has the additional privacy benefits of of confidential transactions. So I, it's 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 not necessary for them to be paying high fees to to send these tethers around because at the end of the day, you're not relying on the security of Bitcoin. You're relying on on actually tether not being fucking, you know, partially reserved. Yeah, yeah, not very good point. <clears throat> And I, I want to, we need to, we need to get better data on liquid. Like who is using it? Like we've been saying, it does seem like it would be a better, uh, better avenue for tether transactions because of confidential transactions, like you said, but are people actually using it? Uh, the down and dirty is that nobody is really using it right now. Um, I think there's about one and a half million dollars worth of tether, uh, currently on liquid. Um, I think there's like 80 Bitcoin on liquid. Uh, so there not there's not that much usage. I mean, just for comparison, like what what is Tether at right now? They're like at four billion dollars worth of outstanding Tether, and like one and a half million is only on Liquid. But uh, that could change pretty quickly. You know, they're in like they're very much in their own adoption phase. They're trying to shill it to exchanges. They're trying to get traders to use it. Um, but that's I to me that's neither here nor there. You know, that's very much an experimental project um, that shows a lot of promise. Uh, that has its own security assurances and just settles back into the Bitcoin chain. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, uh, like, I'm I'm interested to uh, hone in my data sources for Liquid. I haven't been tracking that uh, as thoroughly as I like to. Well, I mean, since Blockstream is leading the charge on Liquid, it's their baby. Uh, you can actually track it on blockstream.info. So there's a Tether address where you can see how much Tether is outstanding uh, on Liquid, and you can see how much Bitcoin has been pegged in and pegged out. Um, the beauty of, of Liquid, though, is that it does have this confidential transactions, uh, which means that the the amount and the asset type is blinded. So you don't know. If you see a Liquid transaction, it looks like a typical Bitcoin transaction. Uh, but you can't tell how much is being sent or what assets. So it could be a Tether transaction. It could be a Bitcoin transaction. It could be any other security token, you know, stocks or some kind of faux equity or some bullshit token. You don't know what's being sent. And one of the benefits there as well as as just plain old sending Tether or sending Bitcoin between exchanges, you know, that, that, that main benefit where... You, it won't show up on, on whale calls on Twitter or people won't be able to track that you're sending it around. There's another benefit there in that it's actually very useful for coin joins because you can do a coin join regardless of the amount. You know, on the Bitcoin chain, we need it to be the exact amount. You know, everyone has the same exact amount of Bitcoin. We all combine them together and then they come out the other side. You don't know where it's going. You know, you, you have plausible deniability there. With Liquid... 
because they have the confidential transactions, you can do a coin join. You can do a coin join with people who hold Tether. You can do a coin join with people who own some random ass token with someone who owns Bitcoin. Everyone can do that coin join together and no one really knows what the hell is going on. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually, I've been pushing them on the side. It's like, I really want to see like a nice coin join implementation. I think that could create a lot of demand for, for actually using Liquid. But, but like I said, it's very early. There's, there's very few user-friendly wallets to use it with. Like the big one right now is Green Wallet, Blockstream's Green Wallet on mobile, uh, which is also, I, I mean, I think it's the best Bitcoin mobile wallet on iPhone, and it's up there with Samurai on Android. So uh, so that is big, but, you know, that's that was a re- relatively recent addition. So, you know, we'll be watching Liquid, but, but the down and dirty right now is very few people are using it, but, you know, I, I, I think it does have a lot of value. There's a big value prop there. No, I agree. I agree. Again, early days, early days. We shall see. We will be keeping you guys up to date on whether or not it does gain adoption. I think we're both bullish on it, though. Um, back to Coin Metrics and how many Bitcoin have been totally lost. They did a great deep dive into um, a bunch of data in Bitcoin's blockchain uh, and basically tried to determine how many coins they think are completely lost as of block 600,000 when the 18 millionth Bitcoin was mined. Um, so the combination of Genesis coins, which is the Genesis block coins, for those of you who don't know, cannot be spent or, or moved. Um, the duplicate Coinbase transactions, um, which is about 100 Bitcoin. Uh, unclaimed rewards, which is about 28.955 Bitcoin. And there's actually... A uh, really cool story behind the first person to do that, who you guys might know him from Twitter, Mid Magic, Midnight Magic. Um, in 2011, he donated a satoshi of a block that a block reward of a block that he had mined um, to the ether. Um, so, when you claim your your block reward in the Coinbase transaction, uh, you can't ever claim more than the current reward, but you can claim less. So, Midnight Magic. Uh, noticed this and claimed one Satoshi less uh, than the block reward at the time uh, in 2011. Yeah, he poured he poured a sat out for his dead homies. It was because uh, Satoshi had just gone uh, AWOL and, and disappeared. Um, he, he is at MidMagic on Twitter, uh, so he's still with us, which is fucking dope. Uh, Coinmetrics is got one of the best newsletters in the space. Everyone should check it out. Uh, the other thing is there's like about 3 million coins that are like presumably lost, but we don't know for sure. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so, so there's that to finish well. out, to finish out like the, the amount of coins that we know are lost, uh, op return outputs, uh, we've lost about 3.723039, uh, Bitcoin because of that. And so the total supply as of lock 600,000, according to coin metrics, was seventeen million nine hundred ninety nine thousand eight hundred seventeen point and uh, thirty thirty two point thirty two Bitcoin. Um, and so, then so yeah, and then there's so, like another like three million or so that haven't moved. Yes, yeah, right? Satoshi, Satoshi's coins are presumably not going to move. Who knows? They might one day. That's a good amount. It's about a million. Uh, obviously it was hard to secure your Bitcoin in the early days and a bunch of people didn't really take it too seriously. So there are hundreds of thousands uh, to millions of Bitcoins just sitting on hardware somewhere, potentially in a junkyard 
that people either forgot or don't have the private keys to access. Like, that's a guess. Like, if, if why haven't they moved them, right? Like, as time goes on, it's like you would expect them to move them to at least um, to, to, you know, updated addresses, new wallets, stuff like that, and they just haven't been moved. So um, it's an interesting thing to watch. I mean, my guess is, like, at least, like, 3 million are lost. Um, but, yeah, that is a guess. Coinmetrics gave the hard number, um, which is why, why we love them. They always they always give the hard numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to learn a bit, little bit about Bitcoin history, check out this uh, Coinmetrics State of the Network newsletter in particular. The, the team there, Antoine in particular, is Don. They just crush the data side of this stuff. Um. Oh, Man, the other thing sh- I wanted to mention is Marty said that MidMagic uh, sent that Satoshi into the Ether. He meant the original definition of the Ether. He did not, it had nothing to do with the Ethereum project, who then, you know, oh, yes. used that yes. for their, their naming. Um, the, ether, the other the thing, Eternal Abyss. I want to take this moment to um, shill a project that I have been very close with. Uh, bottle pay uh, we've we've taken this slow week to drop a lot of shit ourselves uh, I am advising that project they gave me a small amount of equity and I'm very close with the founders they're fucking dope they're, they're both named Pete and I call them Pete squared uh, so bottle pay they launched a developer API I, if you guys aren't familiar with bottle pay bottle pay is like a very useful uh, lightning wallet for beginners um, everything operates in your browser right now. You could use your mobile browser. You can use your uh, desktop browser. It is custodial right now, uh, so keep that in mind. Use it with small amounts, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, we've said that many, many a time. Uh, one of the things that you freaks may have noticed is that they have a very tight integration with Twitter, uh, so you can donate uh, to people or or to content producers through Twitter by just going at Bottle Pay with the amount of sats you want to send, and it links right to your your Twitter account and their Twitter account. And if they don't even have a Bottle Pay account, they can then claim it. They have seven days to claim it. Um, there was a recent partnership with uh, Tor, which is fucking near and dear to my heart because we love Tor here at TFTC. Uh, so you can donate to Tor just right through Twitter. Uh, and it's got that nice virality that, you know, you have that like little social signal. One guy's d- donating. Maybe I'm going to donate. I want to, you know, I want to tell people I donate. So that's fucking dope. Um, they just recently launched their developer API to make it really easy for people to integrate it with apps. Uh, we, we have some other big, big news coming up, which I'm, I'm about to tease because I am, this is a very unique TFTC where I am like five drinks deep and i think marty it's like noon in new york so you, you haven't started drinking still yet, drinking right? coffee still yeah, drinking he's still coffee drinking, i have to get a workout in he's still drinking coffee i got a gin and tonic in my hand um so i we we have some some fun things coming uh, one thing we're calling the sat pack uh you're going to be able to send a link to anybody uh and regardless of platform, whether that's WhatsApp, whether that's Facebook Messenger, whether that's Instagram DMs, Facebook DMs, you just send them a link. It gives them a nice little message, tells them how many sats they got, gives them an explainer about what Bitcoin is. Um, it, it, you know, so a beautiful splash screen, and then they can create their wallet uh, to claim the funds. And now they have a full Lightning wallet. If they access that through their mobile browser, uh, they can even scan invoices and pay directly from their mobile browser. 
if they want to buy that proverbial coffee with Bitcoin uh, that everyone loves fucking talking about, uh, they can now do that. Uh, they, it's going to be it's like a couple days. I'm like a little bit ahead of time on that one. Um, we're working on, on uh, phone number integration so you can just do it through any SMS. Like interesting, very, very fucking fun stuff. And that's coming up really soon. Um, I also had, we're going to drop the link in the show notes. Uh, I had my first video uh, with my face in front of a video camera. You know, you guys, I I know you guys have been loving our TFTC guide series, but I intentionally uh, keep that focus on the product. This time I was actually in front of the camera. I'm a little bit self-conscious about it, but I love you guys. So we are going to drop that link uh in in the show notes um where where i'm demoing bottle pay uh to lee of uh coindesk uh she's a great reporter over at coindesk uh so yeah so just just a nice little shout out to keep in mind that we're hustling over here at bottle pay it's bottle pay it's like what change tip wanted to be right or just change tip at the right time it's all about timing it seems as an outsider looking in, I mean, you sent me some of these demos. They look dope, and they're very simple to use. So, yeah, I mean, I think Change Chip was a little bit too early. Um, they were doing every, you know, Lightning didn't exist yet. Uh, one of the key things about Bottle Pay is that everything is Lightning. Um, so there's really, even though it's custodial, there's no walled garden. You can easily send in and out through Lightning, uh, pay any Lightning invoice. Um, yeah, so I, I really, I really do think it's a game changer, and I, I think that specifically like the Sat Pack feature where you can send a link, um, where we're like thinking about maybe like being able to print out a card that has like a QR code on it. Uh, it could be a very exciting way uh, to to get newcomers into Bitcoin, um, and like right onto Lightning Network. And and one of the keys with uh, Bottle Pay is that Sats are the standard, right? So. So we can we can, we can bring Sats to Facebook. We can bring Sats to WhatsApp. We can bring Sats all over the fucking place, and and these people are going to see Sats for the first time, and that that's how they're going to be introduced to Bitcoin. Are you telling them to make it uh, non-custodial? Yeah, we're working on it. I, the 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 idea is that it could be like a full guided experience where you start custodial, then the the idea is the mobile app should be out in like the next two months. Um, before 2020 is the hope. Like I, th- I think by the end of the month, like we'll be able to start testing the the mobile app. I can get you the mobile app. We can get some select freaks the mobile app, um, and then once we iron out the kinks, they'll have a full mobile app, uh, and then so you'll have like a lightning note on your phone, and then you know presumably we'll be able to connect it back uh, to your own node if you have a remote node, which would be fucking awesome so i've been pushing for that very hard so we we shall see um but the the beauty there is that there's no invoices right like you're you're just our our identifiers on online nowadays are our social media accounts so if you know someone's social media account you'll be able to pay them with sats um i i, I really do think that's a game changer especially since they seem to be doing everything right and and they're just hustlers they just ship just constantly ship you know i I poke them and then they, it comes out. It's insane. They're they're just fucking dream team over there. <laughs> you poke them and then something comes out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that sounds a little bit uh, questionable. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's uh, check it out. Um, and then the developer API is launching too, right? Yeah. So the developer API is actually launched. Everything else I just teased. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be teasing it. So hopefully I didn't get in trouble, Pete. 
and other Pete. I love you guys. Sorry if I spilled the beans a little bit, but I, I thought a tease was necessary for the freaks. The developer API is fucking dope because it allows basically uh, the right right now the guy who is testing it out for us is uh, City Laic on Twitter, Crypto.com. Um, he has two major apps. Uh, you might know him for he has the you know Stellar just did the key base drop again, uh, where they gave a bunch of people uh, free so-called free Stellar. Um, he so he has an app where it allows you to to switch that that Stellar to Sats uh, on the Lightning Network, and you have to paste an invoice normally into there. But if you just link your Bottle Pay account, he's able to just pull an invoice from your Bottle Pay account. It just drops right into your Bottle Pay account. So then if you want to donate to Tor or something, instead of donating them Stellar, which we've advocated for the previous airdrop, and then the Tor Foundation thought that like the Stellar community was donating, you can you can convert it over to Sats before you donate to them, and you can even give like a little social signal on Twitter, uh, which is fucking awesome. The other thing he has is like he has this alarm clock where if you um if, if you snooze, it pays a sat per second out to whatever account you want it to pay out to. And instead of like doing invoices, you pick you pick what you what account that's connected to bottle to do it. So you can like if I snooze, I donate to Tor um, or I donate to him, which I think is like pretty slick. One one just one thing to keep in mind, guys, is like obviously this is linked to your social media. Right. So from a privacy perspective, um, you shouldn't be using it with funds that you don't want linked to yourself. Uh but you know, if you're if you're coming from a KYC service or something like that, um, that that's less of an issue because it's already linked to you. Yeah, man, it's crazy the the developments all over the place. Uh, so you have that dropping, and then uh, you're huge on gaming too. And we've been talking a lot about gaming, and another dope game dropped on our. Heads this week, uh, Donner Lab announced Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, uh, which is a uh, first-person shooter game. It was Sats integrated. Uh, I bought an ad, uh, so he's allowing Donner Lab is allowing people that are watching the game to buy ads via an au- via an auction system, um, which was pretty cool. I bought an ad for said Sub Freaks, and it was just pretty seamless experience. I'm not sure. Uh, whether or not that use case in particular will catch on. It was just really cool to hop on Twitch, uh, see somebody post a link, click it, create an invoice, pay it, and win the bid to get my my ad up. And it was just a cool Bitcoin experience. Yeah, and you paid that all through Lightning um, with Sats. Um, and then that Using funds... Zap. Yeah, Zap's dope. And that funds, that funds the Sats that the players win. Um, I mean, my view, my viewpoint here is that online gaming is fucking huge. Uh, it's growing. It is it is the one element of media that it's just outpacing everything else compared to music, compared to video, uh, you know, movies, TV, whatnot. Gaming is blowing up. Um, and from my perspective, you know, this is what I've been dreaming of for the longest time. First of all, the fucking demo looks dope as fuck. Like it's a true first person shooter. I love first-person shooters. You know all these eight-bit games that everyone's practicing with to 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 work on this development is is great and all. But like, what I really want is like I want some high fidelity. I want to kill some people and take their sats. Um, and I, it's, it's great to see both Donna. <laughs> I want to I want to kill some people figuratively through gaming. Um, and it's just beautiful to see like Donner Lab is doing it now. A light night game from Satoshi Games is doing it. Like this is fucking dope. 
Um, I think I would never pay play poker. I would never sit down and play poker for five hours with my buddies if money wasn't on the line. Money is a key aspect of the poker experience. Why is that not the case with online gaming? The reason that's not the case with online gaming is because um, of regulatory burden. Like it's really difficult to roll out a, a way for players to be basically gambling while they're game gaming um, on a worldwide basis because all these games are online. It's it's very difficult to roll that kind of thing out. Sats makes that possible, right? So I, I think we can see we can see lightning integration roll out in all these games. Uh, it will not, the incumbents will not do it first because they love these little closed loop credit systems they have where, where people are spending millions and billions of dollars on these games and they can't actually take them out. They're not fungible tokens, but the upstarts will integrate it. And I think players will, will go to games that, that actually use real money. The games that have sats in the game and, and instead of just no skin in the game whatsoever. Yeah, and if <clears throat> you're able to hook up with whatever wallet you want and have it the sat sent directly to your possession on a node that you are watching and have control of, I, this just seems like a better overall u- user experience for the end user at the end of the day than some uh, third-party gaming uh, company account like this week it's not on the list uh this week we saw one of the founders of paypal his bank of america account was shut down out of nowhere after being a, a customer for like 30 years or something like that and he's somebody who created paypal he's like part of the and he's as a partner at sequoia now which is one of the biggest vc firms in the world so if that dude could be censored um in that fashion, like again, these UX flows and just like ha- making that never possible just seems better to me. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, that was beautiful to see. Like he got what was coming to him after um, all the years of PayPal blocking everyone. Um, but but yeah, it absolutely proves it proves the use case. It proves the value prop of Bitcoin um, that Bitcoin is permissionless. That it's very censorship resistant. And, and the other thing that came out uh, this week was that the, the actual current CEO of PayPal said that he owns Bitcoin and no other cryptocurrency, uh, which I thought was bullish as fuck. And he doesn't think that Bitcoin competes with PayPal, which is something we've said a, a lot, you know, is that is Bitcoin's better money. PayPal's just trying to send money around in a centralized fashion. Right. So um, the, yeah. these no, two things no, combined are extremely bullish. No, that was great to see. Um, yeah, Bitcoin alone. He's not interested in anything else. Look for that signal, freaks. Those tech billionaires. Some of them get it, it seems. Um, Every single time someone gets blocked by the traditional financial system, it is the best advertisement for Bitcoin we could ever ask for. Yeah, yeah. And especially somebody as high profile as the partner at Sequoia, ex-PayPal. Um, this isn't on the list, but... Let's. Uh, I. I, th- I think. I think it's high time we. Uh, we serve. We give a warning out to the freaks out there about news from China and sources on Twitter. Like it. it just be careful of who you trust about certain news out of certain countries. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. China, in particular, over the years has been. Uh, 
a cause for much, much confusion for me in particular. And while well, I'm trying to grasp what's going on uh, across the whole landscape in Bitcoin, I've come to the conclusion that there's very few, if any, people that you can trust on Twitter in particular when it comes to good information on what's going on in China. Well, it's a reputation game, right? So if you notice someone's feeding bad information, doesn't care about correcting it, like you should keep that in mind. Let's call her out by name. I mean, Dovi Wan was the one who was in the crosshairs this, this week. Um, she's done this in the past. She's posted uh, incorrect information, and she hasn't corrected it. Uh, not just about Bitcoin. I mean, she did this about the Paris protests. Uh, she posted this picture that went viral uh, that was completely incorrect. Uh, this week, she... She posted uh, a video from 2014 um, of of the the head of China, with the chairman of China, Xi Jinping. Um, Xi Jinping. Yeah, and uh, it was from 2014, and it was you know China bans Bitcoin. Uh, and and the other thing here is that with all this blockchain hype from China, we did say I'm pretty sure we said on TOTC uh, that that it was a setup. It was a setup for China bans Bitcoin again, FUD, right? Like they, they can't, they banned it so many times, they couldn't keep with the, the banning Bitcoin FUD until they, they had the bullish China, bu- bullish China hype to lead up to, uh, to a China bans FUD. Um, but yeah, like obviously China's going to come against Bitcoin eventually, whether or not they're doing it right now. And you should just keep all this shit in mind. Don't, don't take everything at face value on Twitter. Don't trust verify. Be skeptical inherently, um, and and just just be watchful. You know, just pay attention to who is giving you information that checks out, who corrects themselves when they're wrong. Uh, you know, we've been wrong plenty of times, but we we comment about it. We we correct ourselves. We we say sorry. <laughs> you know, we apologize and 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 try and fix our mistake. Yeah, and I. Honestly, wasn't even trying to call out Dovey personally there, even though what you just said is true. Uh, but just in general, again, over the years, the information that I've tried to uh, acquire from Twitter about China in particular, uh, very ephemeral. It's you, you really never know what's going to happen. Like today, there's rumors that uh, Binance got their Shanghai office shut down. Is that happening? I don't know. But we don't even know. Do they even have a Shanghai office? I don't even know if they have a yeah. Shanghai office. Well, one source yes. that I actually I think has been very credible lately, I just BTC in general King? for years. No, no, no. Well, BTC, BTC King, King is like he has been pretty credible. He was doing a lot of the Bitmain stuff. Um, he or she? Uh, no, CN Ledger. CN Ledger has always been yeah, pretty CN credible. Yes, CN Ledger. Yes. At CN Ledger on Twitter, uh, English speaking Chinese uh, outlet. Uh, has has always has always been pretty pretty credible. You're not perfect. No one's perfect, but but pretty credible. It, it could be worth a follow. Always good to check to see uh, what they're talking about at any given time. No, that's actually a very good point. Um, CN Ledger, no underscores. A lot of uh, mimic accounts. That's very. They are. They have been one of the f- the few sources of signal out of China over the years. For years, for years, it's yeah. been a it's been a long time. They've been building up that reputation for a while. So if they decide to break it one day. They'll decide to break it, but but it's been it's been a long time now. Yeah. Um, Bitcoin intro. Our boy six one zero two Bitcoin at six one zero two Bitcoin on Twitter just launched Bitcoin dash intro dot com. Um, I checked it out earlier this week it just seems like a very good one-stop shop to 
to send people who want to learn about Bitcoin. I like it in particular because he has you set up, um, set up a wallet and get that set up first. And I think that's a good, good way to get introduced. Just get into the deep end, spinning up an Electrum wallet, making a seed, uh, creating a private public key pair, doing all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, basically 6102, uh, Bitcoin, our dude, he's been, uh, he has Bitcoin-only.com. That's how you might know him. Um, so he created this uh, as more of a uh, beginner-focused uh, portal. Uh, and, and the idea here is, is what we've talked a, a lot about on the podcast, which is that, you know, you come in gradually, right? Like, you don't, no one expects you to be the most secure Bitcoin user in the beginning, the most educated Bitcoin user in the beginning. Um, but you come in, you get your feet wet, you start to learn, and then you proceed to to in- increase your setup and 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 your understanding of Bitcoin. So it's it's really good to see, and it just seems like a very nice, clean site. It gives you a checklist, um, and and just guides you through the process. And that's all he has that all on yes. GitHub. So if if you don't like what he's suggesting, you can submit a pull request if you so please. He would appreciate that. Yes. And yeah, if you're somebody, if you're a freak out there listening who's been on the sidelines wondering whether or not to get into Bitcoin, you're looking for uh, a quote unquote hand holding experience. This seems like a very good, uh, straightforward hand holding experience. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Bitcoin dash intro.com. He, like, he likes those dashes. Yeah. He has yeah. all his domains have the dashes in them. <laughs> Cheaper, man. You know. Well aware. I'm well aware it works. The other thing is that last week we, we spoke about the cold card uh, vulnerability. Um, a very similar vulnerability has come out for the Trezor T, which is the newest Trezor, which if you are using a Trezor, should be the Trezor you're using anyway because the original Trezor, which they're still selling, which I don't really appreciate that they're still selling because you can't submit a passphrase directly on the device. Um, and if you're using a Trezor or a cold card, really, you should be using it with a passphrase, um, which is basically a user-controlled uh, 25th word on top of your seed. Um, uh, had, had a similar vulnerability. Actually, it was a little bit worse than the cold card because with the cold card, the vulnerability, as you might remember from last week, was that it would send it to one of your own addresses, but it was in like an obscure derivation path. Uh, so it was very hard to find. Uh, you might never be able to find uh, your change. Basically, like if you send a two Bitcoin, if you send like a 0.5 Bitcoin transaction or 50 million sats, excuse me, uh, and the the change gets sent back to one of your own addresses, uh, with with the cold card vulnerability, it would get sent to an address that uh, you you couldn't find it, but it was one of your addresses. So the, the attacker could ransom it. With the Trezor attack here, it would actually get sent to a one of two multisig, so it only takes one key that the attacker controls one of the multisig keys. So you're actually sending it to the attacker, and the attacker could then take it. So it's easier to monetize. So in both of these cases, you want to make sure you upgrade your firmware. If you have a Trezor T, if you have a cold card, please upgrade your firmware before you send a transaction. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. The... Uh the hardware struggles continue and they probably will never go away. So get used to it. Well, multi-sig helps here. Multi-sig will help significantly here. Um, so, so that's why things like Caravan, like very user-friendly multi-sig tools that you can do on your own 
uh, with a nice graphical user interface uh, with your own full node so you're not you know disclosing all your transactions and your balances to some server uh, are so important. Yes, yes. But upgrade so your be phone. aware. Yeah, no, and if and just be aware that if you are a hardware wallet owner, that you need to be uh, abreast of what's going on uh, on the technical side, because you have to know what's going on with the latest hacks and stuff like that. Well, look, I don't want to like scare people too much because like you should upgrade your firmware, and that's why we're bringing it up. But like. I don't want to scare you into storing your coins on Coinbase because Coinbase can just freeze your account and take your funds at will. Um, it's important to keep in mind here that both of these vulnerabilities are only if your computer is compromised and you're sending a transaction with a cold card, specifically if you're sending a transaction using the SD card, not if you plug it in. Um, and also, it's only your change. Uh, so if you're not consolidating all your balances into a single address, so like your full balance is, is sent back to you as change, you're less vulnerable, right? Because it's only the change that is is vulnerable in this situation. And you shouldn't be combining them because if you combine them, you're hurting your privacy, right? We want you to keep your UTXOs separate and, and keep in mind your UTXOs. Um, but like if you have your Trezor or your cold card and it's in a safe uh, and it's offline and you're not sending any transactions, like you're not exposed to these vulnerabilities until you actually yeah. send. Um, so don't like absolutely freak out and like, send them over to coinbase because coinbase can literally freeze your account and if, if your government decides that they want to ban bitcoin one day like the first thing they're going to do is they're going to they're going to send a subpoena out to, to coinbase and be like all the accounts that are from this this place like close them down yeah no i completely agree but uh even if you are our holder who just is using your hardware somewhere to store your bitcoin long term like when if you do go to move it just make sure you're abreast of the latest, the greatest updates because you don't want a situation where you have somebody ganking your coins in that, that treasure key model uh, hack. Yeah, I mean, from a user-friendly point of view, you know, one way you can stay abreast is if you listen to RHR, you know, subscribe to the pod. This is what, this is what we're here for. Smash that subscribe button. If you guys are liking this, please, we need, uh, we need all the help we can get. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Um, we're trying to make some evergreen content here. Uh, with the interview series, what we're writing, the uh, the tutorials, all that stuff, the guides, the bent. Yeah, we got the new sad standard. I don't know if you freaks noticed. We got our Saturday weekly. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna try and separate those email lists. I'm still working on that, but right now, if you're getting the bent, you're gonna get the sad standard as well. But people have been liking it. Very high open rate. Very high cl click rate. Uh, no bullshit, just straight to the point. It's a lot of what we cover here. So if you're listening to this on Thursdays or Fridays, um, there's a lot of overlap, but there's also some uh, some fresh stuff. We we give a hot take, hot take of the week. You're getting a hot take from each of us too. You get all the links. It's a lot easier to get the links than the show notes. Get some graphs. Get that data. We're not done though. So our, if you, our buddy Jack Mahler's dropped. Not only did he drop, I think last week we announced the newest version of the iOS app, uh, which like three hours later he updated again just to make us outdated immediately after RHR. So he he updated that again. 
Um, and and now uh, Zap 0.6.0 on the desktop has been released as well. So they, they've updated the desktop app. Yeah, and this comes with a lot of cool shit. Um, LN URL, um, which is uh, improves user experience, allowing users to withdraw from services without the need to create and share an invoice. So similar to what BottlePay was working on, global password. Um, Zap will enable you, excuse me, Zap will uh, require you to enter a password uh, to gain access to the app in the future, entirely separate from it. In uh, from and in addition to your individual wallet password, so they're just adding security layers there. Um, looks like they're they're working with BTC Pay on some invoicing stuff for Bolt Eleven. Uh, they've also got uh, PGP message signing in the desktop app now too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so LNURL is what um, that awesome uh, that awesome ATM that we. We saw the create your own ATM um, by at 21 is enough on Twitter. Uh, he made it out of a cardboard box. Basically, like the idea is that you can scan a QR code or copy copy and paste the code um, to withdraw on Lightning instead of send, um, which is a really cool feature. Uh, so there's that. That that's that's a really big update there. Yeah, yeah. So go check it out. The uh... Jack and team just keep fucking again. That's another very important open source project in the space that just keeps producing um, week in and week out. So shout out to them. Go check them out. Um, and last but not least, here uh, another cool little data site that we found. Matt found in particular Hodl dot camp. H O D L dot camp. Uh, it was created by at uh, Mutatrum. Mut- Mutatrum. M-U-T-A-T-R-U-M. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't think anyone knows how to pronounce it. But it's a pretty cool yeah. site. It basically shows you if you bought into Bitcoin at any given point, it shows you a little heat map, uh, how long it took for you to uh, be in the black, you know, be in profit again. Uh, you know, basically just reinforcing the idea here that Bitcoin is extremely volatile short term. No one fucking knows where it's going to go short term. It is gambling. But long term with adoption, the price should go up because it's a, the world's most scarce asset that we've ever seen. Uh, so as more people buy it and self-custody it and bring it into their own wallets with keys that they control, um, the price should go up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not guaranteed. This is definitely not financial advice. Um, but if you uh, agree that... Bitcoin has uh, the ability to create a network effect and therefore a liquidity pool uh, as a result of that network effect, then yes. Um, well, I mean, as Pierre likes to say, uh, Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that we're sure isn't a security. So we are not violating securities violations by by pumping it, by saying that people should buy it. So we do have that going for us. Yes, but if you are going to buy it, make sure you learn about it first. So come back to Rabbit Hole Recap each week. Uh, not that we're experts or anything. We're just giving you our point of view. Been here around the block a few times. Um, and yeah, these are just our opinions and what we think's going on. Uh, we've seen a lot of shit out there. Thank you guys for joining us. We fucking love you freaks. Matt, you have anything to riff on this week? 
Yeah, I have a couple of things. Um, the first thing is I just wanted to say we dropped the Bisque episode uh, this week, which is a really good episode. Wiz flew out from Japan for it, um, which is fucking dope. He's like, I have so much respect for that dude. It was, it was really an honor to have him in the studio. Um, he was joined by Steve Jane of Bisque as well. Bisque, if you don't know, is a decentral, decentralized exchange. Uh, probably the most decentralized exchange out of all the so-called decentralized exchanges. Uh, it's a very important open source project. We're very lucky to have them. Uh, consider you trying it, using it. Um, listen to the episode. We go over all of this in the episode. It's a two-hour long episode. Yeah, and I must uh, apologize to Wiz uh, on the air here uh, for the clickbaitiness of my inclusion of him mining Ethereum Classic in the in the episode tweet. He's not mining Ethereum Classic now. He was just around uh, when Ethereum hard forked because of the DAO hack, and he decided to continue mining the original Ethereum chain, which is now Ethereum Classic. Um, is that a principle for the open source decentralized ethos? And that was a pretty cool story, so go listen to it. Yeah, I mean, the only person who took shit from that was Dieter Bob, and he doesn't actually listen to these podcasts. So, um, I, you know, if you are if you are listening, Dieter, you can comment uh, on this tweet and, and let us know you are listening, but I don't think you're actually listening. Otherwise, you would know um, that there was no shit coining going on there. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was uh, we have ErgoBTC on Twitter. Um, he's been doing a lot of chain analysis friendly chain analysis um, on the plus token scam, uh, which was this like Ponzi S scheme. Uh, so he has a theory that, uh, that the plus token guys have been dumping uh, Bitcoin on Huobi, uh, which is a Chinese exchange or an Asian exchange. I don't even think they're based in China anymore, but they originated there. Um, so we're going to link to an interesting thread there. That is, is something to keep in mind. But as I said, like I, Trying to point to specific reasons why the price goes down in the short term, I think, is a fool's errand. It's not, it's not something that you really should devote a lot of time to. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like short term is 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 gambling. Long term is a lot better bet, and that's the bet that that I'm making, that Marty's making, that a lot of us are making. So, yeah, um, this was a fun one, dude. Hour ten minutes, got a lot in uh, for a slow week. I think it it flowed pretty well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. As always, again, uh, we are raising money for BTC Pay. We're not going to be a corporate sponsor yet. We want to be in the future. Um, so if you guys want to help out BTC Pay, help out the podcast, go to our merch store, uh, check out that BTC Pay Stay Humble hat. Um, we will we'll probably just uh, run that through the end of the year and then give them the proceeds uh, in in January. I think that sounds well. Good. The more you buy, the more you buy, the sooner we'll give them the proceeds. Like if it hits like a large number earlier, then we'll give that to them right away. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a sexy hat. Like it was that hat was born in a Riga bar at three a.m. with me, uh, Pavlinex, and uh, Rockstar Dev, uh, where I was like, he was like, "Why don't you wear the BTC Pay hat?" I was like, "Cause it says BTC BTC on the front, and I don't like walking around with hats that say Bitcoin on them." Uh, so I want a nice OPSEC friendly hat. And he was like, so make it. So then we went out and we made it. And it's got this nice B on the front. It's their logo. It says stay humble on the back. It's nice OPSEC friendly. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, stay humble, stack sets. Yeah. Peace and love, freaks. Hope you enjoyed this week. Smash the subscribe buttons. Uh, tell your friends. The key!